Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles, and welcome to the show. Yay! Today, I'm excited to share a yoga topic. So we've kind of been going through topics that have started to really present some clear categories. And I love when this happens with my yoga practice and yoga leading over the years. I've shared some strong practices, relaxed, gentle, things like this. And organization starts to really evolve out of the act of simply doing. (laughs) And I love personally working this way. This has always been a familiar way of creating. Maybe this resonates for you as well. Probably there's all kinds of different creators, of course, but there's a kind of creator that I identify with that has come from uh, an artistic background of everydayness of it. So every day in the studio from my whole life of learning dance and having routines and pieces and choreography come out of that simple act of showing up and doing the thing. Then fast forward to my yoga leading world and this whole phase that I'm thankfully currently living in (laughs) forever, as long as I'm breathing and in this body, so grateful for, is the same. Having a, a laboratory of a studio to simply show up every day and practice and lead a class and have conversations and see what emerges from there. And something always does emerge. Something useful always does emerge. So two categories have really presented themselves quite clearly. One, this lifestyle chats of podcasting supposed stuff. (laughs) I haven't quite figured out a, a name for this category, but a lot of the topics we've been diving into are more of the yoga lifestyle. So maybe that's it or really recognizing the connections between your practice on and off the mat. So there's many potential titles. Let me know if you come up with a good one. But episodes about synchronicity, about family, about home, about connection, about financial stability, really the things that we 
deal with and move through in our life, hopefully with a bit more grace and ease and focus and mindfulness because of our yoga practice. And then there's the yoga. (laughs) So funny enough, I've been in a way avoiding the yoga stuff of it, the yoga talks. So here's a yoga talk on a really big topic. And this was a listener question, a listener request for a topic. So thank you so much for telling me the obvious. And today's topic is about flexibility. And we can't go into flexibility without also addressing strength, the, in a way, opposite of flexibility or the counterpart of flexibility. If you think of things in yin and yang and two sides, there's a little bit of yin in the yang, and there's a little bit of yang in the yin. One's not completely separate than the other, like a black and white cookie. (laughs) You've got your black side or your brown side and your white side. There's that little dot in the yin and yang, and everything contains everything. This is really the big thing of yoga, flexibility. It's the big fear that so many people have. It's the big goal that so many people have. And it's what's in the visual of what so many of us see when we see pictures or videos of yoga, especially now with the explosion of yoga photos being everywhere all the time, uploaded by everybody (laughs) at every moment of the day. And even before social media sharing has taken over our consuming of images. There were a few yoga books hanging around. (laughs) I started writing books on yoga at the kind of beginning of books on yoga. That seems kind of silly. Of course, there were books on yoga before me and some of the other early authors. I'm talking about early 2000s, by the way. So obviously yoga is much, much older than that. But there weren't really a whole lot of new takes or ways of sharing how yoga can help us now in a way. You could pick up a copy of Light on Yoga or Autobiography of a Yogi and read through and get the clues from the history. But now there's not just my books on yoga. There's so many wonderful books on yoga, of course, from all different kinds of people sharing all different kinds of experiences. And we see so often the pictures of the flexible person or the pictures of the person doing the flexible thing because that's eye-catching. Even in the history books, it's not a new thing entirely ruined by our modern culture. In the history books, the positions are very extreme. Feet behind the head as a goal, the full splits, these kinds of things. And so much of the framework of yoga says when you do the pose, then something good will happen. And whether that's said exactly in the text, some teachers say that, of course, or whether that's something that comes from the inside. Oh, once I get that pose, something good will happen. (laughs) But of course, it doesn't really work like that. Not all bodies are meant to do the splits. Not all bodies are meant to put your feet behind your head. Actually, no bodies are meant to put your feet behind your head that will eventually 
and then suddenly unravel your hip joints. That's why so many yoga teachers have hip replacements, things like this, because of overstretching and use in a forceful way to try to make these positions happen. Same as ballet dancers, but ballet is kind of required for your body to do certain things and certain performances, I suppose. But I was so grateful to find yoga because the simple positions for me as a dancer were not hard. So I didn't try, thankfully, I, got, I just got lucky. I didn't try to push myself to making myself more extreme in this way. So I just had a conversation with a new friend who is a gymnast or was a gymnast, but still has that gymnast muscle memory. And she felt similar. She felt like yoga is this wonderful opportunity to connect, to connect all the dots of life together, to figure out a way to be happy with more of the time, to figure out how to adjust the events in her life to be helpful for herself and those around her. And I love that she shared that. And I want to share that with you in case you feel like you have to be flexible naturally. It's still the number one complaint or worry that people have. I don't know if it's the number one. I just kind of said that, but it really feels like the number one. At least it's the number one thing I hear so often. And so many other yoga teachers report this as well. Oh, everybody says, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And then the answer maybe is a little bit off is, well, yoga is going to make you flexible. Don't you worry about that. Just get started. And I think we can really improve on that response, that well-intentioned response of, don't worry, you will get flexible. Just come to class, (laughs) do the video, get going. There's still that, oh, I'm not and I should be. When the beauty of yoga can be when you point yourself toward a better way is attaining balance. A healthy body is one that has equal parts, strength, and not just flexibility, but mobility. So things are working in harmony. If you're playing sports, you're going to be more strong than you are flexible. Maybe you need a little bit more range of motion to improve your speed and improve your connection to calm. But becoming flexible to do the splits or some some other position shouldn't be the goal because it won't help your life (laughs) in that way. It will help you hurt yourself and do a pose, but it won't help your life. And we don't really look at strength this way in yoga so much because the strength is there, but the flexibility is the visual distraction in this way. So if we think about strength, uh, it's incredibly necessary for openness to become possible. And really, how do we get there? If you're doing yoga in a way where you're just trying to get your body to do the pose, you're moving your body, you're there, you're being intentional, but you're 
manipulating, you're moving yourself with your will, essentially, then you don't have a chance, unfortunately. (sighs) Tai Chi teaches us something so cool that we can really apply to our yoga. And then remember that it comes from inside, not only Tai Chi, although it says really official to say Tai Chi teaches us, which is also true. When you connect with softness, all of a sudden, your breath literally moves you, moves your body and moves you, the real you, your emotions, your mental state, your spirit, your all of you, whatever words make sense for you, for you. Your breath moves you and your body arranges around what's happening with your breath. So flexibility in a balanced way happens in every moment that you're connected with your breath. Strength in a balanced way happens naturally with every moment that you're moving well and connected with your breath. So this is super cool. (laughs) The next time somebody comes up to me and says, oh, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. I used to say, don't worry about it, just bend your knees. (laughs) And for a certain kind of person, I still definitely say that. I was waiting to go on one of the morning shows a few years ago, and there was a bunch of guys there in their 60s and 70s on the crew. And they said, oh, we we think you're really cool. We like how you're accessible and you're not so snobby about yoga. We're just kind of going back and forth and really loosening up a little bit. And I said, well, hey, how about after the segment, I come back, we do a little yoga. Oh, I can't do that. I can't touch my toes. Well, bend your knees. I still think that's a pretty good one. Make your toes come to you. (laughs) Nothing special happens when you touch your toes. But something special happens when you soften and you make room for yourself. So you're creating that healthy range of mobility, not just how far can I go? How far can I go in flexibility? But what's possible for me, what makes sense for me, for my life? And the cool thing is, most of us either get one or the other. You get strength or you get flexibility. And then if you have some sort of a practice here, you spend your whole life on a quest for the other one. And that can change too. So I have a kind of interesting line in the sand with my own strength and flexibility experience, I would say. (laughs) Not really a journey. I'm not trying to really gain more of one or the other. I'm always trying to find balance and connect and maintain well-being, use myself the best that I can. So much of that is useful if you can find a goal besides just being more flexible, (laughs) besides just being more strong. A goal, a real goal, not one that doesn't make sense or is far-fetched or is just superficial, like, I want my life to improve. I want this car, I want this house, or those kinds of things. That can be another conversation. (laughs) But really finding your goal of 
why you practice. And it's so simple for me. All of those things really wind into each other as feeling better. So really, the title of this podcast was so obvious to me when I was first asked to start it. I said, well, if I'm going to do anything, it's going to be about feeling better <laughs> because here's a chance outside of our yoga practice to just chat about it all. And whenever somebody's chatting with me before a class, after a class, I'm trying to convince somebody to come to a class or just talk to somebody about themselves. If I'm being useful in that conversation, I'm either asking them how they're feeling with the desire to learn some more information about this person so maybe I can help them feel better. Or I'm coming up with ideas given what I know about them already or what I've observed about them already to try to help them feel better. And through the practice that I have of yoga, of Tai Chi, of Shiatsu, I've got my little toolbox. (laughs) Oh, let me go and get the hammer, get the wrench, get the needle and thread. And it's really that simple. It's not about, hey, let's see if you can do this yoga pose. (laughs) Hey, let's see if you can stand on your head. It's about what's going on? What hurts? What's happening? How you feeling? And then from there, maybe there's a forward bend with some softness in your knees. Always softness. If you're stiff and bracing and have locked knees, and then you move yourself with the force of another body part and kind of really pressure a part of you to stretch or to gain flexibility, well, it doesn't work. Apparently, it works in really young people. Young gymnasts, for example, have that technique of stretching, really hands on your ankles and pulling your torso down. And there are gains associated with that. But after you're a young child, your body does not work like that anymore. So it's really just simply untrue. Stretching yourself as an adult doesn't lead to maintaining that flexibility. It could lead to more tension. It could lead to a feeling of relief when the stretch is over. Oh, I did something great for myself. Oh, really just that's over. I survived (laughs) is the actual effect, unfortunately. We have these chemicals in our brain and our bodies that kind of trick us into feeling certain things that are good we think are good for us that are really not good for us. When the technique is actually simple, when we're relaxed, we feel more, we open up more, and more things happen. And we feel this in our outside of yoga mat life. And this is why it's so cool to have this opportunity to chat with you guys. So if we're having a conversation and I'm relaxed. I'm pretty chill. I'm not making you panic or anything. <sighs> Hopefully that's happening right now. <laughs> then you feel better just being next to me, being with me. Then you feel more open to what I'm saying, or you feel more open to yourself or both. 
more creative, more present, more flexible. <laughs> the word flexible is um, a little bit triggering. It can be for so many people. So maybe shifting that a bit in your own mind of healthy range of motion, open, mobile, ready to move, no blocks, the channels are free, (laughs) all of these kinds of things. And for a healthy range of mobility, we also need a healthy range of strength. So what often happens if flexibility becomes easy and something you like to work toward is it's never enough. And this may have happened to you and it's not your fault. It's just how life happens sometimes. But maybe you're, you're getting somewhere in your flexibility. Maybe you're sitting cross-legged and then that becomes easy. Maybe your knees reach the ground without sitting on a blanket. So you prop one leg up on the other leg in fire log position. And then maybe your knee goes all the way down there and you're saying, well, this isn't so hard. Maybe you hug a knee into your chest and your, your hips are still feeling pretty open. There's no boundary there. And then you put your foot behind your head and kind of wiggle it around and see what's going on there. And then you put your other foot behind your head and you do the splits and it's not enough. So you put your leg on top of a block. And these things can be not instantly harming you but eventually it's inevitable that your hips will unravel, the backs of your knees will unravel, and there's really not a ton of conversation around this. So happy to add to this. And who cares about doing these things anyway? And if you do care, that's something to look at, of course. So it gets tricky. Remember somebody coming to the studio and this was a ah, super common thing. Oh, Tara, teach me how to do a handstand. Sure, happy to. <laughs> but usually that teach me how to do a handstand question with the intensity that it comes after a class. And I love giving little workshops one-on-one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hang out until, until everything is solved, you know? It usually comes with the just show me the trick. And there is no trick to a handstand. It's a process, planting your palms on the ground, rolling around in your hips and belly, rocking forward and back, keeping your bottom leg low to the ground, so not launching and then just expecting everything to balance. (laughs) There's a process. But the process isn't, or at least doesn't have to be, doing a million push-ups with somebody on your back. That's just not fun. And also probably humiliating and injurious as well. A lot of these little techniques that have been passed down in the modern yoga world are not good for us. (laughs) And you have to use your mind a little bit. You have to use your brain. And... Unfortunately, figure that out a little bit from what you see. And this is why so many healthy people don't do yoga. They say, oh, I saw somebody standing on somebody's 
back doing a push-up. I saw somebody doing a headstand with no hands. I saw somebody putting their feet behind their head. I just, you know, that doesn't really look like gaining inner peace to me. And they're right. It's not. That's an extreme position that's headed toward injury. It may be eye-catchy. It may call attention to more people than it doesn't call attention to. And that's why it perpetuates. The bad things are what we all are drawn in to look at. Oh, look at this person acting not so good. Look at this terrible thing that happened. Those are the things that grab our attention. Those are the things that go viral. (laughs) You know, if you sit down on the ground, connect with yourself, roll around a little bit, breathe, move easy, everything you've got in every direction you can, that's the process for a healthy range of mobility and strength, which is also stability. But don't expect that to go viral. (laughs) And by the way, we all don't need to be sharing every moment of our lives anyway. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So of course, unhealthy things are going to be eye-catching, but maybe we need to collectively retrain our eyes and we can do that. You can start by curbing your own habits of what you take in, your consumption, what's making you feel bad, what's, what's causing that trigger of I'm not flexible enough what's causing that trigger of I'm not strong enough. And thinking about that, taking some space, maybe finding some new community, finding a better way for yourself and exploring from there. The best way to really directly gain the optimal mobility and stability is really that simple process of soften. (sighs) First, create space for anything to be possible. Soften. Allow your breath to move you so your body arranges itself around the direction that your breath is taking you. This is the opposite of just moving yourself with the force and the mental will that you have. Letting your breath do what your breath does and going along for the ride. Moving well, getting yourself in the right position every moment along the way, the best you can, by moving from your middle. 
move easy, everything you've got in every direction you can. If something hurts, if it's painful, if it's causing an emotional panic, back off. Instead of pushing through, breaking on through to the other side, back off, back off, back off. (sighs) Wiggle it out, shake it out. When you feel okay again, come back. Change your approach. You probably weren't moving as best as you can. You probably weren't connected to your breath as best as you can. And that's okay. We try again, we try again, we try again. (sighs) Every day, just like vitamins. (laughs) Just like drinking water. You do your practice. (sighs) You go away, you do your life stuff. You think about it. See how it affected your life. The next day you come back and go again. So let me know if that's helpful. I'm, I really want to squash the fear around flexibility and point out a little bit of the emperor's new clothes and the extreme positions and how we don't need that and how it's not good for us. And really work toward a better way. We all do want to feel better. <laughs> this, is, this is all of our goal in some way. So if you approach your yoga practice really with the goal of, I want to feel better, I want to take good care of myself, do that in the yoga practice, not just thinking, oh, this is terrible. I have to suffer through. When this is over, I'll feel better because it doesn't work like that. So find ways to adjust your position, soften, <sighs> Let your breath move you and let the rest of your body and the rest of you organize around your breath. It's an inside out deal, (laughs) this yoga thing. All right, let's hear a voicemail, see what's going on. Hello, Tara. Uh, I would like to know more about breathing. How do you uh, integrate uh, breathing techniques in your practice and in your everyday life? Uh, Since softness and ease, I have been living cardinal changes in my life, uh, for which I'm grateful uh, to you and Mike. Uh, So um, breathing, yeah. What are your techniques and uh, what are your suggestions? Thank you very much. Ah, Gigi. Okay. I'm pretty sure i I know her voice. I have to check the email just to make sure that lines up. But Gigi, if that was my Gigi, (laughs) she's amazing. You guys, she's a a former professional female basketball player from Bulgaria, I believe. And I'm not sure where she is right now. So pretty cool. We met in New York. She came for some workshops and training and is transitioning or back then was transitioning from a life of basketball and motivational speaking, she's a big deal, (laughs) to bringing this kind of practice into what she's sharing and of course in her life as well. So the question is ah, breathing, which, you know, makes sense for everything we always talk about here. When I think about breathing or breathe myself, The funny thing is you're breathing if you're not breathing connected to yourself anyway. Thankfully, that's something to be grateful for. There will be another breath that comes until your last. 
but something that makes breathing much more than this simple function of yourself is softness. <sighs> Letting everything be movable, bendable, and breathable. <sighs> when you use softness as an action, bend yourself a little bit, allow yourself to relax a little bit, then all of a sudden your breath rushes right in and moves you. So I love leading this, practicing this. Of course, in all the classes we have daily on the Strala Yoga app, every day I have a, an opportunity to practice. So I'm super grateful for that. But I would be really missing the whole point if I didn't check in with myself all day long. And I really noticed that having this daily practice of softness, of breath-body connection has helped me find that more in my off the yoga mat time. So I could be doing an interview, Zooming with somebody, and I'm a little bit relaxed, I'm breathing, and it doesn't really matter what I'm saying. Of course, I hope I say the right things in the interview, but my goal with that interview is to help the interviewer and anybody watching feel better. So if I'm soft, if I'm breathing big and deep, somebody can watch me on mute and say, oh, I feel better just, you know, seeing that person be good to themselves. And I think this is a huge thing for anyone that's leading anything. And really for all of us too, we're all leading each other around. But if you're purposefully putting yourself in front of people, you're either adding more stress or adding more ease. So it is a responsibility to look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. And softness has been my number one thing. <laughs> what else is there to do to make sure I'm doing my best to help more than harm? And that's not just the people that I'm helping. <laughs> it's myself. If you're helping yourself, you're automatically helping others. So if I can stand in the kitchen and cook dinner and soften and connect, I'm much more likely to be at ease with myself when I'm doing that. I'm much more likely to not look up silly things on the internet while I'm cooking. <laughs> Although sometimes that's just fun. I'm much more likely to be in the present moment. Maybe I read a book if I'm waiting for the pasta to cook or something like that instead of scrolling around on something. I notice the softness, the action of softness automatically makes better choices for me. I can sit down next to my parents in the living room and soften and I feel better and they feel better. I don't have to think of, oh, when I was five, you never did this for me, <laughs> you know, whatever that could be. That could easily turn into <laughs> with my family dynamic. But, you know, everybody has your own stuff. But softness is really my superpower for breath. Without softness, your breath will still come. It will come short and fast. And of course, there's so many wonderful breathing techniques 
that you can do to really teach yourself how to relax. I definitely feel like that's the goal of so many of these techniques. A million ways to do the one thing of soften. So whether you're doing box breathing, four counts in, holding four, exhaling four, it it can become stressful just to do that. Or it can become a nice structure to teach yourself how to soften. Alternate nostril breathing, closing off one side of your nose, breathing in for four, closing off, holding, letting go of the other side, breathing out. Also could be wonderful or could be stressful. I think for me and for my choices in leading, this is why I mainly choose to incorporate softness and nice big full breathing through the entire practice. Breath isn't something that's on the side. It's not a, an appetizer. <laughs> it's everything. But it's not there in a way that's helping you unless there's softness. If there's softness, every inhale picks you up, carries you, energizes you, moves your body. Every exhale softens you, releases you, relaxes you moves your body, moves yourself. So softness allows movement to become possible because your breath is what's moving you. Pretty cool. It's super opposite of really what we've all been taught. (laughs) But I love chatting about it because the more we share, the more we can encourage each other to soften to let our breath move us so we realize we don't have to be forcing ourselves around, muscling ourselves around, slamming our bodies into positions to be flexible because we saw somebody else do it and be on an endless cycle of, I want what I don't have until something breaks. And without softness, something breaks. (laughs) So I hope this was a little bit helpful chat about flexibility or really mobility and strength or stability. Looking at your life, what's going on in your life? What's happening with you? Do you need more mobility or do you need more strength? It's going to be different at different times. I used to be much more flexible than I was strong. So I was always working on building strength, you know, just in my own way here and there, having myself hold a plank pose, relaxing in it. It's not something I want to do. <laughs> it's something I, I do and I enjoy it because I know it's moving myself toward a better way. But then I kind of flip-flopped after having Daisy through physical and emotional changes of all of that birthing process, and then just carrying her around, building strength in different areas of my body or stability in different areas of my body. So I feel more strong now, but also less flexible. And I just think that's super interesting. If you think about your own life, what's happening And whether that's starting to use your practice to bring you 
more of what you want, or if you've got your practice going every day, then reflecting on, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm a mom now of a young child and I have more strength. I have more mama power (laughs) than I have flexibility. Before her, in my early New York days, I was excited and doing lots of different projects and emotionally flexible with my ideas. I had more space. My body was also very flexible, but stability and strength. I wasn't at home ever (laughs) in those early days because I wanted to, you know, participate in trying to make something happen of myself. So I used this openness that I naturally had to add to this momentum. And when more and more things started to happen, I needed some more and more structure, more and more stability. So if you have a yoga practice, it's so easy. It's not easy, but it's easy to figure out what to do to bring balance to yourself. So if you, if you feel a little bit too extended, too open, too frazzled, get yourself in a plank pose. <sighs> Practice staying while you're letting go of everything you don't need. Get yourself in a warrior two. Practice moving through your warrior two in some other standing positions, some standing forms while you're focusing on that stability. If you feel pretty rigid and like you're not open to a lot of possibilities, forget about trying to force yourself into doing the splits. Crawl down to the ground to sit. Let yourself be soft and movable. Lean to the side, some easy side bends and rolling around. Hang out in those places that feel a little stuck feel a little tense, and more and more will gradually open. Focus on hanging out in the areas that are stuck, giving the stuck places that breath. And then things dissolve. That tension dissolves. You are in agreement with yourself. You're not forcing yourself to open, sitting yourself down and saying, hey, We've been pretty stable, pretty strong to the point of it's getting rigid over here. Let's uh, have a conversation about opening back up into the world a little bit, huh? You think that'll be good? Okay, let's get down on the ground and do a little bit of that. (laughs) So just a thought to organize your yoga practice around your breath, around softness, and then choose those movements that fit into gaining more strength or gaining more flexibility. So you're in that balanced yin-yang situation. We're moving toward that. We're all always at best moving toward balance. There's never one fixed point. And isn't that wonderful? (laughs) All right, let's do a little easy grounding meditation some self-reflection to hopefully help a bit. Yourself roll around a bit here. Soften yourself. Little bend in your body, little emotional softness. 
Let your breath move you. Notice how you feel. Simply ask yourself how things are going with strength and stability and mobility and flexibility. Which one do you have more of? And how does that feel? What's missing? And how does that feel? Not just in your yoga practice, what's easy, what's more challenging, but overall in your experience of all of your moments. Do you feel stable? More stable than open? Or do you feel more open than stable? It's always one or the other. (laughs) And we're always moving toward this balance. So there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. It's always one or the other and a mix of the two as well. Just ask yourself. And imagine bringing that other quality in more front and center, filling in your yin or your yang or the little dots with more stability or more mobility. Give yourself a moment to simply imagine yourself moving toward this balance and how this feels. Try on you in a balanced, grounded, open and stable way. This is you at your self that you deserve to exist in by being alive. You've earned this right to live in balance with yourself. By listening here and reflecting On your own experience so far, you have the capacity to change and to shift one way or the other way. You deserve to feel better. You deserve to be balanced. And that knowing that you deserve it is sometimes enough to shift your actions ever so gently. So the next time you're making some food or doing your yoga practice or on a Zoom or walking down the street, you can change your movements based on how to be balanced with this understanding of yourself adding more strength, adding more openness. Give me all sorts of ideas. Let me know what happens. That's the good part. Take a big inhale. 
Long exhale. Hope you feel a little bit better. Thanks for being here. Feel free to come practice with us every day live 8 a.m. Eastern time on the Strala Yoga app. Of course, because of the beauty of the internet, you can practice also anytime with those classes right after they go up. And we have our library of hundreds and hundreds of videos over the years, all different lengths, all different qualities for your strength, for your balance, for your mobility, and everywhere in between. <sighs> so come on down, <laughs> practice, crawl down to the ground. <sighs> Let me know how it goes. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and rating and leaving voicemails and all of that. It's really super fun to be here with you all. Have a wonderful day and see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.